0: Hey everyone, this is Ben with Blue Ribbon Coalition. We're here with episode 30 of the Defend Your Ground podcast. I'm here tonight with our policy director, Simone Griffin. Um, I'm wearing my Climb Idaho shirt tonight because we have a lot of things going on still in Idaho. We just submitted the comment this week for the Upper Snake River Travel Management Plan. We did spend some time up in eastern Idaho reviewing trails in that area, reviewing that plan so we could make an informed comment and make sure the BLM keeps as many trails open in that area as possible. While I was there, I met with the BLM at a meeting, and the woman that was the recreation planner, I believe, for that area. We talked a lot about the trails there, and she did say, and you should keep your eyes open, they're going to be doing something in southwestern Idaho soon. And they said once they're done with the one in upper Snake River, they'll do the desert area around that area, which would include the St. Anthony Dunes and other things. And so they're they're kind of starting to look and feel like Arizona, where they have just a sequence of these travel plans that they're trying to get done. And so Idaho, we've been talking a lot about it lately. Uh, Over a year ago, we were starting to hear a lot of feedback of people were saying, oh, BRC just is doing work in Utah. And that's because that's Utah was the one that was doing all these travel plans at the time. And it felt really... Heavily concentrated on Utah. I feel like the last three or four months we've had a lot of work in Idaho. Um, and so, what's happening is we actually do have a travel plan that's been released in the southwestern Idaho, where this uh, BLM employee told us that this was coming. She didn't give me a date, but it, apparently it was quite imminent. It's here now. They released it on July 10th. This is the, uh, I'm gonna have Simone kind of introduce what's going on. But we have a lot going on down in southwestern Idaho and the Owyhee region of Idaho and Oregon. If you wheel around Boise or if you go exploring or overlanding into these canyons, and I think they're kind of basalt rock formations and cliffs and rivers and lakes. There's a lot going on down there that make them really scenic and high-value recreation destinations for the people that live in these areas. And so if this is an area that's on in your backyard, if this is an area that's on your bucket list to visit, uh, this is high value recreation destination that has a lot going on. And unfortunately, like with many of these travel plans, it appears to be a lot that is not good. So Simone, why don't you give us a rundown of there's three things we're tracking just kind of all of a sudden in this area. Let us know what's going on.
1: Yeah, so the first one is this travel management plan and it's called the Canyonlands East travel management plan, even though it's in the western side of Idaho. It's called Canyonlands East, so not to let that confuse you. Um it's the Fossil Butte area south of the Grand View area. Um really pretty area. It's very popular with off-roaders. Uh, In the environmental assessment that's been released with the proposed alternatives, I think they quoted that uh, OHV use has increased by like over 200% um, in this area. And not to say that it's just, I mean, because it's such a massive area. There's the planning area is like eight hundred thousand acres um but it's just really popular because it is a really pretty cool area rivers lots of canyon lands which is why it's named um, the canyon lands east area and so they have released the four alternatives um, alternative a which is typically just the no action alternative uh, it keeps open they did route inventory in 2010 and it keeps open about 14 over 1400 miles of routes. 70 miles of that is highway routes and that those 70 miles of highway routes stay open throughout all the alternatives um but they inventoried uh 1400 other routes that are going to be open through alternative a that's if they don't select a different alternative but the alternatives that they are that they've given all of our various routes or various forms of closures alternative b is our conservation alternative and that either completely closes or restricts use whether it's through administrative use only or seasonal restrictions um, of over a thousand routes so you're losing about or a thousand miles of routes so you're losing a fourth of the mileage that you can currently access if they do select alternative B. So
0: you're, I um, think you mean you are left with a fourth. If they're closing 1,000 miles out of 1,400.
1: Oh, yeah. I was thinking 4,000. Wow, my mouth Fair. really Fair. off there.
0: <laughs> yeah, we won't let people know what you did professionally. <laughs> <in> <laughs> <formal life. laughs>
1: it's a different life.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So yeah, we' yeah, you're left with 400 routes basically or 400 miles. Um, so alternative B is is really bad and and the reasoning for those closures is for wildlife and as you dig into the wildlife, um, there's just a lot of contradictions so um for trying to protect rabbits, but then they say that these rabbits are... Mainly endangered and threatened because of wildfire and because of raptors, but then they're also trying to protect raptor habitat. I mean, it's just a lot of contradictions.
0: Um, so wait, you really, literally did go down a rabbit hole. I this.
1: literally went down a rabbit hole as I was researching this. Yes.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> sure. um, alternative C is their like middle ground alternative, and alternative D is what they claim to be the recreation friendly alternative but that one still closes or restricts 300 miles of over 300 miles of routes um and you're left with only about a thousand miles after that and so as i've been going through comments that have been left previously since they started the NEPA process you know there is a lot of opposition to this travel management plan um Local clubs and groups and uh, political leaders, the counties. Who are some
0: of the local groups. I think you named some of them when we were talking about this. Yeah.
1: So you've got. I don't want to say their names wrong. Now, let me pull them up. Um, we've got. Let me scroll through all the. Wilderness Society comments. (laughs) Um, So you've got the TVTMA. I'm not actually sure what that one is, but they're in opposition to closing routes. um, And their comments have been great. You also have, let's see, the Recreational Aviation Foundation, and we'll talk about the airstrips. You've got now I'm struggling to scroll through all of these and find them all. You've got the Idaho Recreation Council, yeah,
0: um... they did uh, send an email out on this first day it came out, so we know all the Idaho groups are engaged on this which is good oh, we need to have a strong yeah. showing um did you say the idaho state four-wheel drive or four-wheel idaho course?
1: state four-wheel drive idaho aviation association um idaho off-road you've got magic valley atv Riders. um we've worked with them in the past they've They're great. So, I mean, there's a lot of really good engagement in the past on this. Obviously we need more though. We would like to see, you know, the BLM just be bombarded with comments telling them why this much closure is unnecessary. And something that they do is in these alternatives, um, they're designating single track routes, And that's needed and people really like that. Um, So I do think there's a place for that designated single track. However, not at the expense, like we don't have to lose other miles. And from what I can tell, a lot of the miles were not inventoried correctly. So they have some routes that are labeled as like OHV routes that truly are already only single track routes. Um, So there's just some inaccuracies with the maps and the EA that they've provided. And then the other thing with this is they're closing backcountry airstrips as well. And they're claiming that these aircrafts are designated as OHVs and so they're restricting their use um, and we have a lot of engagement from the aviation community because these this group, they're providing search and rescue services. They're doing a lot of volunteer in this area and they're being penalized for it, essentially. So um, that's what one are, more thing that they're the restricting. What are
0: the impacts of these airstrips? Like, why are the airstrips so controversial or in the crosshairs on this?
1: So they're saying sound, um, and that it's going to damage resources, but, and I, I've learned a lot as I've gone through this too, that these aircrafts, their tires are different. And so they don't leave hardly any impact, um which I didn't know that. Yeah, so
0: it's like the bush planes, like the ones that can land on really small airstrips.
1: Yeah, and you can't even tell that a lot of them have even landed. They can land on grass, and you can't even tell sometimes. Um, So the reasons for closure just aren't justified. They, They don't add up.
0: Yeah, so I think looking at this one, for whatever reason, I've seen a lot of pictures in my feed lately. It must be the time of year to go to this area. A lot of people out there dispersed camping in this area, accessing this area through off-road trails. I think all of that's going to be impacted. And so we have an action alert on this one like we normally do because we've got to have you engaged. There was a lot of strong opposition in the previous iterations of this plan in 2010 and 2016. If the BLM goes through this process now, and they feel like the interest has waned or deteriorated, that's going to embolden them to adopt one of the alternatives that closes a lot more or listen to the interests that are telling them to close a lot more. And so this is an area that I think you need to stand up for and defend. I, there's going to be a lot of folks in Idaho and Oregon that in Nevada. I think this is accessed by a lot of people in northern, probably northwestern or north central Nevada, and if that's true, if that's you, we need you engaged on this. We need comments. We need the BLM to see a strong showing. What's the deadline, Simone?
1: August 24th.
0: Okay. So we have a month and a half fish. Yeah. 45 days. So we'll be promoting this, share our action alert. Um, one thing I see a lot of discussion about lately is there's been so many of these comments because the Biden administration is just going pedal to the They're
1: pedal. just trying to finish all these travel yeah. management plans. They're trying and, to push them
0: through. And I've seen groups come out and say, hey, don't do form comments. Just send your comments directly to the BLM. And it is true that the BLM doesn't love form comments and that legally you're going to be doing everybody a better service if you do substantive personalized comments that explain your interest in the area so if you're thinking about whether to comment at all or do a form comment you should do a form comment doing nothing is also equivalent of sending a comment you are sending a signal to the BLM that you are not interested you do not care about this if they close this you have no problem That
1: you just trust whatever decision that they want to make is great.
0: Even if it's not an area that you have immediate intentions to write in, I think that the more people learn about this area and see what it is, it'll get on your bucket list. And so it's going to hurt the people that do. And if you sit it out, then you're participating in hurting them. If it's not an area you have a lot of background in and that you can go make that substantive comment, still doing the form comment is going to send a signal to the BLM that this is getting national attention, that people are paying attention to it. They will treat it differently. The politicians will treat it differently. They'll want to get involved in this. And additionally, when you submit a comment through our Action Alert, we know who cares about this issue. So when there are updates about this issue, we can reach out to you. We know what you're saying. If we need to file a legal action, we know what Simone's already talked today about how she's gone and read the other comments of the other groups. These are the people we would partner with in litigation. This is how we know who those are and if they comment through our Action Alert tool it makes it easy for us to find those interested parties and partner with them and collaborate with them and we do that with every legal action that we do and Otherwise, you send your comments straight to the BLM, mm-hmm. and our, we, you use our form, we, we do send them to the BLM. They go straight to the BLM through us. But if you just send your comments straight to the BLM, we have to go get them through a FOIA request or, some, or a process that takes months or years to get them and know what's happening. And so we start a race 10 miles behind everybody else because... People are out there. We see the off-road groups do this all the time where they just share the BLM link. There's a reason the environmental groups don't do that. They always are running this through actual tools. Not a single Not one a does single it. Not a
1: single environmental group will just share and, the BLM link. Not one.
0: And you go look at this plan. So why should, and why there are, are three alternatives that they're going to select from that are all environmental alternatives that are going to close stuff because they have learned to command the process because their users get engaged because they have action alert tools and they're able to build and build and build on that. And so we're very deliberate that we're doing this. We invest time and resources in being able to have that capability. And so when we see other off-road groups out there saying this isn't as effective, I will listen to that argument the day we get three alternatives on a travel plan and all three of them expand recreation access for everybody because that will show that we're winning the argument. As long as we get three sh- shades of wilderness alternatives, we're not doing this as effectively as we can be. And so we need you to submit your comments on this before our, before August 24th.
1: And submit them through our site. <laughs> Yeah, the BLM and, side.
0: and if you have questions about it, reach out to us. we love to educate you more. Comment on the videos and the posts where we share this content. We want there to be a vibrant discussion so you guys can be effective advocates. But don't just give all the information straight to the BLM and weaken our ability to challenge this and advocate against the bad things in these plants. Uh, What else is going on, Simone? I mean, I know this travel plan's enough that it could keep everyone in this area busy for the coming weeks and could definitely have a big impact. But unfortunately, this is not the only thing going on in this region.
1: Right. So just across the border in Oregon, and it does come into Idaho, is a bill to propose a whole lot of wilderness. So... um. It's the, I don't even know how to pronounce, the malyer Community Empowerment Act for the Owyhee Act. Um, Senator Wyden, this is his bill, and it's looking to designate a lot of wilderness. Um, this is part of the 30 by 30 movement. Um, this bill was originally introduced in 2022, I believe, um, but just for an idea for people, of how much wilderness. I'm going to go through the different wilderness areas that it's proposing and how many acres. So here's one wilderness area and it's 58,000 acres. Another one's 57,000, 37,000, 93,000, 66,000, 223,000, 18,000, 9,000, 32,000, 12,000, 9,000, 7,000, 45,000. I mean, you can see, and that's not even all of them. I could keep going. This is hundreds of thousands of acres designated as wilderness in Eastern Oregon and coming a little bit into Idaho. There's already wilderness, designated wilderness in these areas too. So it's not like this area is just being, ran amok and destroyed and obliterated i mean it doesn't need more protections especially not wilderness management and so this is another part of 30 by 30 one more wilderness bill that we're seeing that uh, you can contact your representative to oppose this bill and keep these wilderness designations from moving forward
0: Yeah, and so just for reference, I mean, this is going to impact all the trails around Lake Owyhee in eastern Oregon. So there are some like campsites I'm aware of where you can go and it's it's a big lake that's in a canyon, it's a reservoir, and people go camp on the overlooks and things like that. I suspect you'll see all of that get closed. If this is, unless they cherry stem roads in, they will close all the roads around the lakes. Uh, They're very aggressive about closing routes that access riparian areas there's a lot of rivers and this is they i believe the reason they call that the east canyon lands or canyon country thing in idaho is because that's east of this area there's more canyons over here on the oregon side there's
1: a west there's a canyon lands west area too that i believe is going to also go through travel management planning too in the future yeah
0: and so it's kind of a very dynamic and scenic area a lot of interesting scenery to go see a lot of wildlife a lot of and a lot of routes
1: a lot of water rivers and i think that's why there's this huge push to have restrictive management
0: and the wilderness will make it will ensure that you're never getting anywhere close to those rivers on anything other than your feet and We look at the coalition who's supporting this. There's kind of a group out there that's like the stewards of something, something that makes it sound like there's a lot of diverse interests that support it. I'm not aware of really any meaningful outdoor recreation or off-road groups that support it. Um, Maybe I could be surprised on that. We're definitely coming out in opposition to it. Way too much wilderness. I, I could never in good faith support something like this. these these bills never work out well for the rural communities that rely on these areas Uh, the other users in this area like the ranchers if there's mining claims or anything like that they're not going to fare well under a wilderness bill that creates hundreds of thousands of acres of wilderness in this area and so we do need you to contact your member of Congress and make sure they're opposing this bill we have a lot of other action alerts that encourage you to oppose wilderness because that's part of how they want to achieve this 30 by 30.
1: Yeah, we've got quite a few bills that you can contact your representative about that are proposing wilderness throughout the western United States.
0: Yeah, and this is a new one and so we've never had you touch this one before. And so we do need you to to get busy. And go after it uh so what else is going on Simone you said there's one more thing
1: yeah so there's another travel management plan in Oregon it's the southeastern Oregon resource management plan Um, so it's in the same area they have issued the decision on it um, and this is going to designate over 400,000 acres as areas with wilderness characteristics. So as Ben calls this, this is wilderness laundering. Um, <laughs> and there's over 300,000 acres that's currently open to like cross country OHV use. And that's gonna be greatly restricted and, and limited. So I mean, with the wilderness characteristics, with the roads, and the areas that are going to be restricted and miles closed. I mean, this is a really bad plan as well. We are watching this um, to protest it um, at some point, possibly. And so this whole area in eastern Oregon and western Idaho, and, and we're seeing it across all of southern Idaho right now, too. There's just a really big push from these environmental groups to designate wilderness and to restrict your access. And so that's something we are watching. We're watching bills. We're watching these plans come through NEPA, whether it's through the BLM, the Forest Service, National Park Service. So we are watching this and that's another reason to submit comments through our site so that we can keep you up to date as these plans and these bills progress.
0: Okay, well, thanks Simone. And I think one thing that's important to emphasize here is Stuff's been in process since 2010, and that's always a discussion I have when people, when I'm explaining what we do at BRC, and there aren't a lot of groups out there that engage in these fights for the long haul. I mean, there were some that we mentioned, that's why I wanted to give them a shout out on this podcast, because they are involved, and we appreciate that they're there we're doing this on a national level on as many of these plans as we possibly can and over periods of time that often span decades and that's part of the reason why we need support for our organization we it's been that's where the fundraising becomes really important so that we have the financial base to be able to continue doing this for years to come because you, these fights take years and so if you're not a member of Blue Ribbon Coalition that recurs and renews every year, we need you to do that. It, it doesn't cost a lot, and if everybody did it, we would have all the resources we need to, to fight these fights. Uh, you can do it for 50 bucks a year. You can do it for 5 bucks a month. That fundraising really helps us keep this going for the long haul and do this work, and we're happy to do it. We think it's important. We think we need our voice and your voice in these processes. And we still have a lot of work to do to become even more successful at it. And I think our success will be directly correlated to how big of a group of you that we actually represent. And so we're trying to give you meaningful actions you can take. You can participate in the action alerts. You can add your voice to the process. It's not just a fundraising operation, but we need the whole engine revving as efficiently as it can here. And so we invite you to do that, to become a member of Blue Ribbon Coalition and help us defend your ground in Idaho. So that's it for you. That's episode 30 here of the Defend Your Ground podcast. Uh, we'll be back in, next week with more things to talk about because I can assure you there will be more things going on. <laughs> so it never thanks, ends. For, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Subscribe if you haven't and we'll catch you next week.